Hello, my name is Matthias Cordes. Welcome to the Great Design Lead podcast. I'm a freelance web designer creating Webflow websites for technology startups. Perfect intro. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Matthias and I have been friends for a really long time. And uh, we were talking a bit before um, about like the last time that we saw each other was about a year ago when I was on in my first 10 episodes. And you were actually one of the first webflow people that I ever talked to. And on top of that, you were the first person to ever send me a loom video. Um, <laughs> and I remember getting it from you. And I like was showing all of the roommates that I was in a house with. I was like, this guy made a video and to give me feedback. Like he's so nice and he doesn't even know me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a convenient tool <laughs> without uh, doing any loom advertisements here. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I use it a lot with uh, other designers to give feedback, um, also for for client work to to present designs and so on. Um, yeah, that's 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 really helpful. Um, a yeah. good, uh, nice way of uh, communication. And when you're um, uh, one thing that I brought up um, a, a bit ago was um, this uh, fun little side project that you did with your cousin. Um, who uh, came by recently to Hamburg to come stay with you for a bit. I saw you mm -hmm. posting about it on Twitter. And I was like, oh, this seems like such a nice family bonding moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a fun uh, project. And uh, I actually um, yeah, do hang out sometimes with my uh, cousins. And yeah, she was actually um, starting this business already a few years ago when she was like 17 or something, uh, selling handmade dog leashes. And back then she was using online platforms uh, such as eBay, Kleinanzeigen it's called in Germany. I think it's comparable to, to Craigslist. So it's a platform where you usually go to sell or buy secondhand things, but you can also use it like as a platform to sell your own stuff um also similar to uh what's what's it called again um etsy yeah oh exactly. yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah but but she was using this platform and then later on she actually approached me to help her set up a simple website with a form where um, clients can uh submit custom requests for their leashes like what types of color what length and so on depending on on the, the leash they'd like to have for their dog and um, now recently we decided so i think she's been doing the side business now since three or four years already um yeah we, we decided to um come together and um, make this website which was one of my first web, web design projects actually um, <laughs> and uh yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it's a few years old now and my design skills also were not on the, on the same level. So, um, yeah, we thought it's a good time to um, build a professional um, online shop using another tool as well. Back then I used WordPress for creating the basic landing page and now we're using Shopify. So um, it's, it's easier for her to actually manage inventory, add new products uh and and generate invoices and, and all that stuff that's that's rela related to um selling products online was uh was that a little bit of a change of pace for you for you outside of uh websites for startups you're like oh 
e-commerce yeah. is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was uh, it was really refreshing. And I was also curious to know like like what's going on in the e-commerce fields, what are the latest tools and, and options one has. And yeah, I mean, I already had some experience with uh, e-commerce. Um, before I was freelancing, I had an agency together with a friend and we were also creating some web shops. But uh, it's it's definitely um, something else from what I usually do. So um, while I usually work with um, technology startups who need marketing websites, um, it's 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 different from building an e-commerce shop. Um, I, I, I use the same uh, process for um, starting this type of project, but um, the technical the technical requirements are often way um, yeah really different. And uh, also, given that we only had uh, two days, or so we gave ourselves <laughs> a challenge to to build this thing in forty eight hours, yeah, it was um, it it was a different process, and we had to um, yeah really think about what what we spend time on, what 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 we can allow ourselves to spend time on in, in order to get this thing uh, live in the in the given time frame. I think I mentioned it in one of the tweets that. Uh, my cousin also wanted to have a new logo or to make a small logo refresh and we spent 60 minutes in total on a on a logo <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah it's yeah I'd, I'd say usually if, if this was a normal client project this would be impossible but uh, given that I know my cousin that I know um, also what uh, type of business she's working on because we occasionally on family meetups and so on we, we talk about it and have a good understanding and then um yeah we we managed to do it relatively quickly and um yeah have have everything that that, that was needed in order to get a yeah first version of of the shop online i was talking to somebody uh this weekend who said that um his first project he ever did um, was a project for free when he was 18 years old. And uh, he said it was really interesting because he worked in the uh, client's office um, all day for two months where he was working on the site in Webflow and his client was right next to him. So if you had any questions, he could just talk to him. And the, the client said, hey, like if you come over to my office and work here, I'll pay for your transportation and I'll pay for your food. And as an 18 year old, he was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. that's awesome. And he's like, what else am I going to do? I've never done any projects before. Um, and so uh, was it um, a little bit of a change of pace to have this person uh, physically next to you all day um, while you're working on something instead of this person being behind a screen? I'm just curious. Yeah, it, it is different. Like, um, I mean, the entire atmosphere, uh, I'd, I'd say, is different. It's, it's not like you have dedicated meetings to discuss a few things. It was more like a one-day-long uh, workshop. And sometimes yeah. um, my cousin was working on her thing or her part of the project, like adding the different products. Uh, I was trying to, to set up the homepage of the shop. But then in between, if we wanted to ask each other questions, we, we were um, yeah in the same room, so we could just ask our questions or work on something um, collaboratively and yeah so it was different but it, it, it was it was also fun it's it was not just like sitting on the <laughs> screen um, yeah 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, um, uh, I, I started doing some of these uh, projects, just like fun projects outside of work. Um, so outside of my day job and then outside of freelancing and then just like another level outside of that. <laughs> and um, uh, I started really focusing on, um, uh, what's the word, uh, on copy and content. Uh, because I noticed that a lot of projects um, tend to fall apart at the uh, content copywriting stage, especially if you keep that towards the end. And I started getting really frustrated about that. And so um, uh, I started doing these uh, little workshops with people that I knew uh, where I would um, have them be like mock clients and things like that. And I'm workshopping this questionnaire that I'm doing with people. And um, it's it's really interesting to uh, like sit down with somebody who who is your client, I guess, and do like a hour hour and a half long workshop, just asking them all these questions about their business, asking them all these questions that aren't directly related to the website, but um, are more about like them in general and things like that. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, uh, being able to sit with your cousin for two days straight and actually like understand the ins and outs of her business. Um, because I noticed that sometimes when you like jump directly into design or, or try to just make assumptions of what people need, uh, it's not successful. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, and I feel like I was like hitting my head against a wall uh, until I was like, you know what? maybe there's another way to do this. Maybe it's uh, uh, other people have figured this out before me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, never, never skipped the strategy phase uh, before getting, getting into design. And uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's, it's really interesting that you uh, did this, this pilot projects uh, that that's a really good uh, approach, I think, to uh, developing the confidence that's maybe sometimes we, we are required in order to do this one-on-one -on -one workshops with a client, which could be a Zoom, but also um, like like live on on location. And um, yeah, what I was uh, about to say is, um, I, I also try to improve this this part of a project with every project that I'm doing, like knowing the, the, the right questions that I ask my clients. And I also like to do it in person because um, yeah, there, there's just more, uh, I don't know that the communication is it's just better. It's true. So I, <laughs> I like to do um, like before starting a project or um, when, when doing uh, short workshops, uh, for example, when it comes to developing a concept for a website or, also the copywriting I, I like to do it in in person mm. but I also know that when I do this in-person meetings that uh, usually I'm I'm more tense or it can be very exhausting especially when when those uh, in-person meetings are uh, really long with my cousin it's different but when I go <laughs> to the city and uh, meet a client there in their office and meet the team and then maybe have a short presentation and I'm there for an hour or two and I'm driving home. Uh, after that, I, I feel like uh, usually it's a good feeling, like the meetings <laughs> usually go well and they are fun. And I'm also very happy like to, to, to meet my clients in, in person, it's always nice. But afterwards, I also sometimes feel a bit uh, exhausted. <laughs> so I could probably not do a 
two hour uh, or two days workshop uh, sort of collaboration as I did with my uh, cousin and I do the same thing with a real client I think that would be uh, really really difficult <laughs> so, it's, it's, um, so I think everybody has to find uh, the perfect uh, balance for for oneself is there a little bit of like um uh I feel like the all of the people in in that office there's kind of like a um uh you're holding yourself in a very professional manner these are um, people that you've just met so there's a little bit of like tension there meanwhile with someone that you've known forever um like your cousin you're immediately yeah. relaxed so your uh your social energy lasts longer <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not like having to prepare like a professional, professional uh, presentation and do all the things that a client would probably expect from you or that you expect from yourself. Um, but when you know each other or when you're friends, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. It's, it's different. Like, um, for example, for this uh, quick project, um, we just woke up whenever we felt comfortable. We started <laughs> by having uh, breakfast, uh, drink coffee and at the same time, do like the sort of strategy phase of the project by me asking my um, my cousin questions about her business and about the goals for the webshop and so on. And we wrote everything down in the project management tool. So of of course it's uh, it's 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 different. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a little different when you're uh, doing your strategy over like pancakes or something like that or crepes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The other day I was I was talking to somebody and they said something like uh, some sort of education thing. And then they said, I mean, you know, high school for you, <laughs> like they had to translate it to American for me. And I'm like, okay, gotcha. <laughs> so I'll translate to crepes for you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that is interesting. Like, I, I guess things are way less, um, um, at least speaking from my own experience, uh, it's way easier to start practicing stuff with friends before um, moving forward with it. I know um, my very first episode that I ever did with anybody was um, with my friend uh, from college. And I remember being so nervous about it. And uh, like, I didn't have the camera on and I was uh, pacing in my room with my headphones on and I had all these notes on everything to ask him and everything like that. And then uh, months and months and episodes and episodes later, it just felt so much more natural that I kind of look back at the times that I would do episodes without the camera on. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, what, <laughs> what was I afraid of or anything like that? <laughs> and then so with the, the workshop thing that I'm doing to try to understand content, um, the first people that I did it with was uh, I, I went through my LinkedIn and uh, tried to group friends of mine in whatever industry they're in. So I have a couple of friends that are in banking, a couple of friends that are in architecture and things like that. I just picked a random industry, picked architecture, and I reached out to a couple of my friends who are architects and I said, would you be willing to hang out with me for an hour? <laughs> and then these are people I haven't talked to in like a couple of months. And it was so nice, the response that I got. They're like, oh yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, who cares? And um, uh, doing the workshops with them, I, I learned so much about architecture. I found out there's you, there's an executive architect, which is somebody who like makes sure everything. I don't know. It was it was really interesting to actually sit down and try to understand the problem um, before <laughs> jumping into it and trying to make assumptions. But um, yeah, it was it was a good step <laughs> to to try to um, 
uh, feel more comfortable with something. Because now after doing the questionnaire uh, a couple times, I feel like if I did it with a complete stranger, um, I think it, I'd be fine, which is, I don't know. When I first started, I'm like, oh, no, it's a little intimidating to yeah. <laughs> try to get yeah. to the nitty gritty of their, their business uh, when, when I know nothing about it. So um, yeah. it, it felt pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's uh probably yeah just just to practice um also for i actually worked with a sales coach once in order to improve mm -hmm. my entire sales process uh from you know getting your your first leads and then uh having the first con conversations until yeah actually um pitching the um yeah, yeah, pitch, pitching the, the project or the type of um, collaboration, how you can work together. And that was also really interesting because he noticed really fast that um, I, I actually didn't want to focus so much on, on sales in this meeting, but he noticed that um, this was the part I was uh, still struggling with and that um, it's something I, I could improve on. So whenever we had meetings, we actually did those um, uh, staged sales calls where he was a, um, yeah, not real client and uh yeah i had um my set of questions that i wanted to go through and things to say and yeah it, it was really impressive to to see the the, the progress like how, how i became better in, in every call and then also felt more comfortable in uh real sales calls um i have to say that i don't do these um professional sales calls anymore like i picked a few things or questions that are helpful and I, that that i sometimes ask uh, potential clients um, but now it's more like a uh, more loose and, and open con conversation it's not like I have a exact say a sales script with specific bullet points and questions that I go through um, there are still a few questions that I always ask but I moved away from this uh, from this um, uh, strict process in a call but still, I noticed, uh, yeah, the, the improvements as well in this in this type of uh, in this type of coaching. I think that it's kind of uh, hard to stick to a script, especially when you're having like a natural conversation with somebody, um, mm -hmm. because uh, I, that's part of the reason why I don't really have questions for my podcast. Because um, if a conversation kind of naturally goes one way, I kind of feel awkward. Uh, throwing my questions at them and then yeah. dragging them to my side of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it's an unnatural at some point and also very persuasive, of course. And mm -hmm. um, it's it's interesting. While learning this, um, I, I thought that I really got an understanding how professional sales people work, like having their questions and knowing what to respond and uh, doing this negotiation phase. Phase, and then I think. Uh, okay, wow, this is how they do it, or wow, this is a smart answer to really at the end get the sale. But because I think that's then often like in, in the traditional uh, sales, uh, what's it called? Yeah, like like how traditional sales is, is, is being done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also noticed that this is probably not for me and that it doesn't feel so natural. And I do not require it in order to, uh, I, I don't depend on it in, in order to um, have enough projects basically to, to work on or to do business. Um, so I'm not doing it. 
Uh, what were um, some things that when you were working with the coach that you didn't think that you were going to be able to overcome and then you did? Were there anything, was, is there anything that comes to mind? Yeah. Um, one thing that sticked out the most was um, closing deals on, on, on the phone. So actually having the conversation with a client and then at the end, uh, summing up everything we discussed and say this is the price and we can get started tomorrow basically and then um, waiting for the response see what the client says sometimes they say no i can't decide this now i want to think about it then i don't force them i say that's that's okay but there are also some scenarios where the client says yeah everything sounds great uh, you summed this up correctly uh let's let's get started and um i sent the invoice and um, what I like so much about this is because first I was completely in the wrong mindset because I thought um, this would never work, not here. Maybe it, it's it's easier to do this in um, in another country, in another culture where <laughs> people are more open and into sales, but not, not here in Germany where everything is very bureaucratic and they need the proposal and the... Um, uh, the contract and, and so on and, and yeah i just thought that it would never work um but i tried it and it worked and yeah that, that's why i liked it because it really uh, changed my perspective and also uh it's really convenient since you don't have to write the actual proposal anymore um mm -hmm. i mean i sometimes still do to have terms and so on defined but I used to spend sometimes two or three hours just writing a proposal, which is time spent on something. Um, yeah, you, you do it, but you don't really enjoy it. I don't think many designers um, enjoy the time where they actually write a proposal. Um, <laughs> That's so, true. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a lot of time saved. And I mean, also for the client, if they really want to get started now or soon, um, they don't have to wait a few days for a proposal and reread it or change things and um yeah it's just very it's very efficient but um yeah it's also important to keep in mind the risks that bring it um because sometimes if you have a detailed proposal especially with terms it's it's good to have them defined in detail in a in a written form it's it's like a, a security net uh, somehow and also um i think this type of um yeah closing directly on the phone is only good when you really can get started now because um <laughs> if you if you say uh yeah so uh, to, to sum up our conversation um this is how it works we can get started tomorrow then it's usually fine because then you get started tomorrow but imagine you say um you, you try to close on the phone but then you say i'm available in two months and then we get started it's, mm. it's, yeah it's it's weird and um now lately i've always been booked in advance for a few months so i don't really use this tactic anymore and just stick to proposals where timelines and everything are um, defined and um yeah but it's something interesting i learned and um also i think it's a skill one developed and you can use it anytime again if, if you want to so let's say um you are in a situation where um, you don't have that much leads uh, coming in or you start a new business and you want to sell a new service. Maybe it's, 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 it's coaching or anything. I think and it's really helpful to have this skill to know how to do this or know that it's possible to do this on the phone and then 
be yeah just be more efficient in your entire sales process i think it's kind of hard to do all of this on the phone also because i think what you do is so visual too like to to show projects that you've done and things like that um to to make uh um uh, designing developing all a conversation i mean that's what i do for the podcast but <laughs> like to um uh have it all be on the phone um i think that's also just like not something that's as natural as as being on zoom or sharing my screen oh this is a project that i worked on or let's let's talk about my website or something like that i think that comes to mind a little bit when you when you talk about being on the phone yeah or maybe i have to correct it uh, by by meaning uh, on the phone i actually meant uh, being in a in a zoom oh. meeting so with video so it's it's not yeah directly on the phone but more in a meeting um yeah i was just uh, <laughs> referring to the difference between conversation or written proposal yeah yeah oh so so when you say um uh the difference between uh countries when it comes to uh sales calls and and uh kind of how people talk in business um i uh, i guess the opposite of um i don't know if the opposite but like if i'm trying to think about an example from my country i think about like joe krug and uh raymar and they talk about how they went when they were in school they they studied sales and um they uh they the, the word salesman is like such a um uh i don't know like something they always wanted to be when they grew up and uh um studying how that whole interaction works is something that they did um uh throughout their life and i don't know uh if I were to, with everything that I know about um, the U.S. and, and uh, culture and how people talk, if I were to go to Germany and try to talk to people there, um, how do you think it would be different? <laughs> yeah, I, like I only can tell from my own perspective, uh, perspective or, or perception. Um, but when it comes to marketing and sales, for example, I know like those sales books and authors and uh, events in, in, in the US, for example. And um, uh, like um, there's this one example, the founder of, um, of ClickFunnels, I think his name was, was it Russell or was it Brand? I don't remember his <laughs> name, but it's the founder of ClickFunnels and he's doing this, this uh, events and ways on the stage and pitching his services and people uh, run through the through the hall and and to to, to get like his, his his product it's like um it's just like extremely salesy and um, <laughs> yeah and and i feel like in uh germany we are we are a bit more um con con conservative in, in that sense when it comes to, to marketing and sales um so yeah that, that was my my general uh, impression <laughs> but i don't want to to generalize it maybe it's just my marketing sales bubble that i'm in and the content that i'm consuming uh which mostly happens to be from the u.s so <laughs> so uh i'm guessing you guys uh don't have um like the big stadiums of people at uh uh like 
big conferences and, and selling books about it and like they're this like whole cult personality and people are fans of this person you guys don't have yes. that as much yes we, we, we do but um, <laughs> but i don't think it's it's that big here or that it's a trend that it came later like having those huge uh, sales events um which are not like educational but really like selling a one or two days experience basically so yeah. uh yeah um i mean those can be fun i i attended a few events as well uh, i do not anymore but um yeah <laughs> um uh so out, outside of work and um your your day-to-day -day, um in the in the last year i can tell you that there were a couple of things that i did and accomplished that i didn't think i was going to or things that i was like really afraid of from the last time that you and i spoke and this is really silly but um the thing i was really afraid of is um was driving a rental car <laughs> and uh in uh, i had been living in in philly for a while and i had never driven any cars that weren't like cars in my family or things like that, or something that I learned how to drive uh, with. Um, and so uh, I was, I, I don't know why, but I was so scared of driving somebody else's car. And I don't know, afraid that I was going to crash or something like that. And uh, that's one thing that I did this year that I was so nervous about. And once I actually did it and pulled it off, I was so proud of myself. <laughs> So, uh, since the last time you and I talked, were there any things outside of work that you didn't think that you were going to be able to do, but you did it anyway? Mm. No, not really. I mean, one important change that happened in the past uh, 12 months, I'd say, was that I moved in together with my girlfriend. So, I was living here at my apartment um uh or, or it, it was a shared apartment that i shared with a with a friend for a long time and um at one point he moved out and my girlfriend moved in so um that's yeah that's one of the bigger changes i thought that's happened because it's yeah just different uh, usually we saw each other like while we were students probably every two or three weeks then when we used to live in the same city one or two times a week and now we see each other every day so that's uh that's different and also the type of of living because i used to live in shared apartments all the time like while uh during my year traveling in australia then um during uh, my time at university when i lived in the netherlands and also here for the past three years i used to share an apartment and um yeah it's, it's different than sharing an apartment with your partner i'd say um so it's less student and party life it's it's more uh i think it's it's getting a bit calmer but no that's actually not true because we still visit friends a lot our friends are visiting us but yeah it's it's still different than than living with a uh, friend or a bunch of friends in a, in a house as one can probably imagine um yeah um so that was a big change that we were both looking forward to but then um yeah once we moved in together after a few weeks um it yeah we figured out relatively fast that um 
it's it's going well and you get used mm. to the new con condition um so yeah that was one big change i would say that happened in the past few months um but nothing i'd say i'm 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 proud of or anything or something <laughs> that i'm accomplished that i'm proud of same goes for work actually because i i thought about this a lot like what is there something i'm proud of and i see um the projects becoming um the, the work that i do is becoming better the projects are getting bigger and i i see still advancements that i do in my um in my career and also things that maybe change in my personal life but um it's not that i reflect on the things a lot or think that i'm particular proud I, like I, i'm just doing what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> is is a little bit of that um uh to separate yourself uh from work um because sometimes uh trying to not get yourself a t too attached to the high highs and the low lows like for me if uh, i try not to get too attached to potential projects because sometimes they don't accept my proposal or something happens and i kind of separate myself a little bit from it um so that i don't get too disappointed because yeah you get like project leads all the time and they don't always happen so yeah. is is that a little bit of how you feel yeah that's uh, <laughs> exactly it um i think yeah, you, you said this uh very nice um yeah i just do not try to get attached to anything basically yeah yeah but that's so hard <laughs> <laughs> it is but um I, I keep trying because i think it can make work and life in general easier <laughs> yeah speaking of like uh reflecting on um work and life and things like that i did want to ask you about um uh last time you and i talked we talked about meditation a little bit is that something that's still part of your life no no nope. <laughs> i mean um no i don't have this meditation practice in that sense anymore so um i know for for a long time I think in, in total for a period of one and a half year, I meditated every morning for, for an hour. And I think it was helpful in a sense that um, you think through things and then you are calmer and more focused and organized during the day. Uh, so that was my impression. But it's still, uh, even though it's becoming a habit, it's still a routine that you have to force yourself into every day in doing. And yeah, and then at one day I um, I just stopped. Um, actually, there was a day when I went on a 10 days vacation to Croatia and I was living in a hostel. And then it was anyway, not the best um, <laughs> circumstance to, to be for yourself for an hour to, to, to meditate. So I stopped and then uh, I wanted to absorb like how my life changes if I do not do the meditation anymore. And I noticed that um, I was more likely to get um, anxious. And um, this was actually because always only when there was like too much going on in my head. Mm. And um, if you meditate and think through a lot of things, um, your mind empties. So um, I think you're less likely to get stressed or anxious. Um, but um, now the way I, I'm, I'm dealing with this or um, the things that I do for for my own mental health is not really having any 
practice or routine anymore, but just trying to stay alert and um, listen to your body and to your mind, see what's mind, um, see see what's going on, um, and examine like like when you're feeling stressed or unhappy, where where is this coming from? And mm. I do just do this just during the day whenever I feel this 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 coming up. So uh, maybe someone could still call this a type of meditation or a meditative lifestyle being constantly aware of, of those things um but yeah that's then usually just for a few minutes or we're going for for a walk or it's 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 not on a schedule or, or anything it's not not forced anymore and yeah that's that's actually how i go um about a, a lot of things routines that i had in terms of self-improvement or um, how, how you want to call it so for example i also said like i work out three days a week and i always do this in the morning or, or after work and i had a strict routine and schedule and i also try to get rid of this so um because i think i know what my body wants it, it wants movement it wants balance so when sitting on the computer all day <laughs> i automatically want to do some type of workout maybe not the hardest workout in the world in the world but a type of workout so i don't need to schedule because um, my body will tell me when it wants to work out and then i automatically do the workouts uh, now and then so that's that's what i thought and i think to be true but i need to verify it <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah like it, it works for me now it, it worked for the past few weeks but i think um, I have to test it if, if it, this will still be the case for um, a longer period of time. Will I still do my workout without putting it in my uh, calendar? Uh, yeah, it's, it's still an open question. That kind of reminds me of, um, uh, do you guys um, wear the Fitbits or the little um, wrist workout trackers in Germany? <laughs> my mom has one, actually, she uses <laughs> it uh, to, to track her steps because she yeah. wants to do 10,000 steps uh, a day. <laughs> and um, I, I never told her, but <laughs> I'm actually not a big fan of, of these types of devices. I mean, if it works for someone, it's, it's great, but I don't like to measure and quantify everything that I, that I do in my life. Um, so I would not feel comfortable doing this. Um, when I used to do a lot of running, I also always track my time and try to get better and better but you're constantly in the stage of, I want to get better. Um, and, <laughs> and you look at the numbers and uh, I don't know, I think it can be a bit uh, stressful sometimes, but what it could be good for, uh, that's that's yeah, just how I think about it, is when you actually want to adopt a new habit. So mm. uh, you, you can hold yourself accountable and you see, well, for the past three, four, five months, I actually did my 10,000 steps every day. And once it became a habit, you don't need to watch anymore. You don't need the measurement. You just do it automatically. It's really funny to me sometimes uh, if uh, I, I remember friends of mine, we would go on like a walk or we would we would do some sort of exercise and their um, watch would die <laughs> and they would be upset because they're like, oh, I didn't get the exercise in. And it's kind of funny because they kind of forget that their body will track it whether or not their wrist exists like their their watch exists or not <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and they're like oh no this is such a waste like why did i go on this walk i'm like aren't you here <laughs> yeah it's, 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 it's weird. 
like this this thing we have that we want to accomplish things or check this off or add it to our um, uh, timeline or anything. Uh, I remember once Facebook became a thing when I was 16 or 17 or maybe 18, I don't know, um, I was posting things and I wanted to make sure that it looks nice. Like when you scroll through it, that it looks like a nice story. I don't think, do they even still have this timelines on like profile timelines? But I don't know, I wanted to have my birthdays there and my travels and have it nice and organized to to yeah, be able to go back in time and and have it like as an uh like a thing, like a check mark that you have to have to make. And it's <laughs> the same with uh, to-do apps. Like when I put things on my calendar, uh, yeah. no, on my uh, to-do list, um, like adding them there and then crossing them up, uh, crossing them directly, <laughs> like like checking them. Uh, directly so they disappear again from the list yeah <laughs> but when I started using lists I had this um, times where I just edit them and then directly got rid of them again which is <laughs> so stupid when you think about it but it's, it's this gratification I think that you get from um, having a list and then just uh, yeah being able to confirm that you did it I remember I used to make those lists and I used to add wake up and eat lunch on the list just so that I have more things to check off <laughs> but um but yeah that is that is interesting what you said about um uh kind of being more habit than um uh, having all of these things to to manage like all the time um uh consciously <laughs> mm -hmm. because um yeah like uh working out and things like that like if if your body really doesn't want to and your body just really wants to sleep, maybe that has some validity to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, since, yeah, just while we are talking about this, this also goes for, for my calendar. Uh, for my calendar. Mm -hmm. Like I um, used to structure my, my weeks very tightly. And um, so I didn't put uh, lunch or breakfast into my to-do list, but I had it on my calendar. <laughs> like, this is a block for breakfast. This is my lunch block. In the morning, uh, I have the one-hour block of, I, I had used to have the one-hour block of meditation. Then uh, I have um, client one project and so on. And um, But basically, I put everything in it. Also, my workouts and the times. I, I scheduled times. Um, uh for for every week when i will spend time with my girlfriend so when we will go out and have a um, dinner or anything yeah i also got rid of that in my calendar um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I started removing a lot of things and um try to have it more empty and uh just do things intuitively or the way i, I feel like doing them um because I think that's that's more natural, and you don't live your life out of your calendar anymore. Yeah. And yeah, and in the beginning, I used to have this this strict calendar and structure and how I spend my time. And I don't think that's that's a bad thing actually, because it it gave me a feeling of of structure and security, and I know okay, I will be doing this then and this there, uh, the other thing uh, at another point in time, and. Yeah, it gave me a sense of confidence that I will get the things done because they're in my calendar and I will, and my calendar dictates what I do when. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but now I tried it without and um, I still have my 
things together. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm very happy about this. I think that's that's like one change I made, and and I was uh, I was curious or wondering, will I still be able to manage different projects and um, yeah, also perform the way I want to perform at my job uh, if I don't have everything so strictly set up. But um, so far, it's 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 going well. So I um, embraced it. <laughs> There, there. Uh, I feel like there has to be a bit of uh, a confidence in that. If, if you uh, plan, like, I'm one of those people. Like, uh, if I'm nervous about something for the next day, I will overly plan for it. Like, I'll set out my outfit for the day, uh, just so that it's one less decision to make. Um, like for this, I, I had everything plugged in uh, last night, um, so that everything for the episode would be good. I just had to get dressed. Um, I, but I feel like if I was more confident, I wouldn't feel like I needed that. So kind of, it seems to me like, uh, there's an element of confidence in you going from, I need to plan everything out ahead of time to, I know that I can do this on my own and I don't need to plan every 30 minutes of my day out ahead of time. Do you think yeah, that yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's. That's probably true. Um, the, the more often you do something, the more confident you become in it, which could be running your freelance business or knowing what's what's right for you and 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 your um, yeah, I wanted to say your your body, but um, yeah, it probably applies more to um, to um, things like like business, like things that you you constantly practice, like doing your design work managing projects or whatever uh, evolves around this and um, yeah but it probably doesn't apply to everything like there are also things in life that you cannot really plan for <laughs> and <laughs> or that, that you that you cannot really uh, practice so well and then it's more uh, yeah, yeah you, you want to be better prepared <laughs> Like Does when doing things for the mind? first time, you 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 check everything one one hundred times, like <laughs> like yeah. I think after you recorded your five hundredth episode, um, it's, it's not <laughs> that challenging anymore. But you you just know you already have everything like like set up correctly. I, I remember um, doing my first uh, film projects. Like I was doing videos as as, as a hobby. And then you check the sound hundred times and the camera hundred times and the like a hundred times because everything needs to be perfect. But when you do it more and more often, then uh, you just know what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that um, I noticed that I, I did that outside of work um, was, so I would, I go to the gym uh, often and uh, I, I bring my, uh, my headphones and there are a pair of headphones that I've gotten um, uh, for Christmas like really really long time ago and they were gifted so like they're a little bit pricey for me to buy on my own and so I I have this um kind of like obsession that I'm going to forget them at the gym um and so I will as I'm walking out of the gym check that my headphones are in my bag and then walk a couple feet and then for some reason I'm like what if I didn't check right and then I have to open my bag again and check and then I'm about to leave the gym I'm like okay I just got to make sure that I didn't leave them. And I don't know if that's like something wrong with me, but once I stopped doing that, 
was when I told myself, hey, like, you work pretty hard. You have enough savings that if you needed to buy another headphone pair of headphones, you could. So just trust yourself that they're in the bag and you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, that's a, yeah, that's a really good point. That, that's something I, I noticed, um, like in the beginning of my, my, uh, when, when starting freelancing, uh, money was something I actually struggled for, like, and, and I was paying close attention to, to, to it and, and every euro and, and all my things. And, now, now it's um, now it's uh, a different, a, a bit different. Like, like, or in general, like it, it, it can change how you think, uh, how you think about things, and how how worried you are, right? Because um, when you lose something, um, you think, okay, I can just, I can just get another one. Um, yeah, uh, I'm thinking of a of a precise example, but. Um, uh, yeah, so let, let's take a computer, for example, a, a um, <laughs> MacBook. I remember when I got my first fancy computer and I, I had to work so many hours and uh, spent so much money in correlation to, to what I was making. You know, I, I didn't want anybody to touch it. I checked, I'm accelerating. Uh, I, I had it in my bag. I checked a hundred times. Is it really there? Um, I, I placed it uh, in a in a bag so it didn't get any scratches or, or, or anything. And um, now um, my computer is not like a fancy, also um, uh, nice device. You know, like computers usually look great and everything. And you, I, I don't know, you don't want them to to scratch or anything. Like people can probably <laughs> relate to when they have a new car. Now I relate to my computer more as a simply as a, as a tool that I need for working and that I'm using all the time. And um, when I, when it gets a stretch or anything, so, so be it, I, I don't worry about it anymore. I don't want to spend energy about um, the, the stretch that I now have on my new computer. I, I just wanted to get work done. And if it breaks, it breaks because it happens sometimes during work and then I get a new computer. It's still a lot of money, but it's just a tiny portion in comparison to um, the value of, the tool for for your business <laughs> um, one more example i <laughs> um this is not business related but um i lost my phone uh recently in the in the subway i was out on the weekend it was late um i was actually getting coming back from from a concert that i visited was with my brother and um I was losing my phone in, in, in the subway. I don't know how exactly I lost it. I probably left it next to me on the on the seat or something. Then I got out of the subway and I noticed, okay, I have a problem because <laughs> uh, I can't contact my friends that I wanted to meet up with. I don't know where they are going. I can't really buy a ticket that I usually always buy via the phone. Mm. So, so it was a weird situation because you noticed how um, dependent you are on the device. I couldn't make any bank transfers for my business or privately because I do this via the phone or with my phone to verify the transaction. Um, so yeah, I thought through all these things. Then I went back into the subway to drive home. And um, I got into a conversation with a few people that were on the subway as well. And we were talking about where you're going. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going home because <laughs> everything else currently is, is uh, difficult. My plans yeah, had to change because I lost my 
phone. And um, yeah, and everyone was like, oh no, really, shit, you lost your phone and all the information. <laughs> and they were trying to comfort me and uh, could probably relate to the uh, situation and how you usually feel and how I usually felt when losing something. But in this situation, I wasn't uh, attached to that phone that much anymore. And I know it's possible that one loses its phone and in the same night I just bought a new phone <laughs> so yeah it, it was not a big deal for, for me anymore and this is partly okay maybe I'm not that attached to my phone anymore that I used to be maybe I just am more aware of the situation and know that I need to accept that I lost my phone but also thirdly um, I can now afford because I have a job and I'm not a student anymore I, I can afford to buy a new phone or to simply just buy a new phone and um yeah that's uh that's i think it's, it's, it's interesting and anyway i i didn't buy a new phone I, I got my phone back because uh some nice person working at the subway uh, gave it to the we call it Fundbüro, a place where you go where lost things are being collected oh the lost and found <laughs> the lost and found yeah. <laughs> And I was actually able to, uh, you know, using this um, tracking feature to see how my phone was moving to the, <laughs> the lost and found, or was being moved to the lost and found station. Um, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I started rambling a little bit. How did we get here? <laughs> it's, it's, I'm imagining you watching it move and you're thinking like, okay, this is either somebody that is very charitable and they're helping me find it, or I am watching the person steal my phone. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could be both. <laughs> but I locked oh. it, so yeah, I think even if they wanted to steal it, they steal it. They couldn't really do anything with it anymore. But yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure of how this technology works. Like, like just a, a pretty glass mirror for them to play with. Other than that, there's nothing they could do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, I don't know. There's a when you talk talk about um, the difference between uh, university you and uh, you now, um, do you ever think about um, with with how you feel now of um, okay, I, I have this piece of technology. Um, it's not as extremely unreplaceable, precious item that. I only have one shot at, at owning um, and you you feel different about it. You're like, well, it's a tool and I have the resources to replace it if it is lost or broken. Um, can you imagine talking to yourself before and uh, um, university you seeing this this precious item with even one scratch on it? You're like, dude. How do you get a little scratch on it? What are you talking about? This thing is irreplaceable. It's precious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's an interesting comparison, but um, but I'd say I was actually aware of this by seeing other freelancers or um, yeah, just just um, people being older than me or already having a proper job that. Um, they handle things different when they have expensive items. Not everyone does it, and um, it's yeah, um, probably still good to to appreciate the things, and I, and I hope people do. But um, 
I mean, yeah, it's everybody owns decision like how they how they spend their money or, or what they do with or, or how they value their items. But uh, yeah, in, in, in general, yeah, I, I just think I, I already got got a good understanding that of course it's 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 different. Like if you buy an expensive computer or, or phone for the first time as a student, or if someone is um, working full time and needs this tool device every day that, that they yeah think think differently about it probably um I, I was talking to somebody the other day about um uh when when he was young and in school um and and how he what his relationship with finances were and then uh once he found a bit of success and started being able to take care of himself and things like that and I was really interested in what he and what you um, think about that relationship with finances are. Um, so, like for me at least, uh, I remember starting out, like first learning about what Webflow was, um, being in my last months of school, and uh, I remember like things were really tight, and I was, um, I don't know, just my budget and and how much i i had for that week how much i had for groceries and things like that it was it was always on my mind and it was always taking up uh um operating power <laughs> in my mind um and uh it was something i was a little stressed over and um uh, the other day i was uh filling up my um fridge and uh i got a bunch of groceries and i had a moment where Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can fit all of these groceries in my fridge. Um, and I just had a moment of, wow, I didn't have this problem before. This is really cool. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can fit like, I don't know, this watermelon in the fridge. This is really nice that I can just like buy uh um, I don't know, just like extra groceries if I if I'm interested in it or things like that. And then the the uh security of okay, you know what, I can just trust myself if I uh lose these headphones i can just trust myself that it's in my bag i don't need to check for the fifth time um so for, for you um to compare yourself to when you first started uh working um what is your different relationship with finance now mm -hmm. um yeah I always had a strange relationship with finance, I think also when it comes to pricing projects and, and everything, um, or in sales in general, um, yeah, you're, you're trying to convince people to spend money and, um, or maybe when, when you're increasing your prices, now you're charging more money, but you could do it for less maybe. Um, but that's of course now how, how you have to think as, as a freelancer or how you uh, or, or, or how, how a business should think probably. Um, and I think one deserves to raise prices once the value of, of your work increases as well. So, um, that's one different perception that I have. And then of course, I also, uh, appreciate it or still appreciate it to not having to think about this small things anymore, as, as you just mentioned, the situation with your headphones or, Am I going to this supermarket or am I going to the discounter? Um, uh, yeah, uh, I think as a student, no, I, I didn't do this, but I know sometimes, 
yeah, especially students, they look like, okay, um, this spread is cheaper than this one, then I buy the, the, the cheaper one. And um, yeah, uh, many people ha have to live like this because they don't have the uh, financial capabilities to not care about these um, questions. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something um, I think convenient to not have to think about these things anymore. Or uh, I think another or a better example is ordering food. Like um, <laughs> um, when living at the student dorm, um, it, it was very common for us now and then to order food. Um, because why not? Pizza is awesome and everything. And <laughs> uh, then you have a nice time and order food together. But um, sometimes there were the situations, no, it's the end of the month and I ordered a lot of food and it is really expensive if you do it more often. So no, I'm not ordering food anymore. And now while I'm working um, and I'm also flexible with my time and my hours, um, I, I don't think about, ah, okay, should I afford to order some pizza or not? Um, when I'm in a productive mood and um, do my work and don't feel like no, maybe having even to go to the grocery store in order to do some food, preparing the food, eating the food, um, um, cleaning the dishes, um, I just don't think about the money. I order the pizza, eat the pizza so that I can continue uh, working because that's what I'm currently enjoying. And I don't care about the money because the hour that I'm now saving doing actual work, I can uh, afford several pizzas <laughs> if I wanted to. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's just, uh, I think, uh, shift in, in how, how you think about purchasing things that you need in your, in your everyday life. Uh, since we're talking about um, school and uh, university time and, and things like that, um, uh, between the time that you um, graduated from uh, Twente, I remember, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and where you are now, um, I'm curious if there's any lessons that you learned that were kind of unexpected that maybe you weren't really exposed to in school. Because I can tell you a whole bunch of things that I learned working with real clients, not mock clients for a case study project in university. Mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe somebody's listening to this right now who's uh, about to graduate and doesn't really know what to expect. So were there any things that you were kind of surprised to learn? Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, there, there were things and I'll start and then I want to hear yours as well. <laughs> uh, things that surprised you. Um, um, but no, maybe you go ahead and have some time <laughs> to, to think about this and maybe add to the things that, that come to your mind. <laughs> um, I learned that when it comes to Americans, contracts are king <laughs> and uh, uh, sometimes it's very helpful to go to a lawyer to get a contract template put together especially a lawyer that specializes in web design um, because I recently invested in a uh, contract and the lawyer that put it together for me I read through it and I didn't realize I, I was just reading through all these different pieces about copyright and um, all of these things that protect me financially and legally. Uh, 
if this client gets sued, like I can protect myself and things like that. And uh, reading through that, I, I realized that there's so much that I didn't know about American law. <laughs> so that was that was interesting uh, because um, uh, I, I worked with a client and then my contract was so weak that um, I missed out on uh, compensation because of that, because my contract wasn't strong enough to uh, reinforce it, um, which really sucked. Um, but uh, but now I, I feel more confident about it. And um, yeah, I feel like I'm not uh, as much of, um, I don't feel pushy when I try to enforce an agreement because um, I can just put it on my lawyer. I'm like, oh, well, she wrote this. Um, I'm just following what the, <laughs> the contract says and uh, making sure everything's really clear. So that's one thing. And then um, another thing is, uh, so uh, contracts are king for Americans. Uh, and then content is also king. <laughs> <laughs> Starting out with content. So I know who you are before I try to um, make you a website. <laughs> I think those are the two of the biggest things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's uh, really interesting. The first one you mentioned um, regarding the contract, uh, it's been a topic that has been on my mind now and then as well, but I don't use professional contracts from a lawyer. Maybe that's mm -hmm. a bad idea. Um, I only have like basic bullet points below my proposal where I um, name a few terms and maybe sometimes I adjust them depending on, on um, the type of project. And I also discuss it with other freelancers, what they put in theirs. And then maybe I add a point or remove one or formulate it more effectively. But yeah, yeah I think in a real like court uh, sit situation or in a, like, like in a serious case, I don't think that <laughs> they would help me in any way. So um, instead, I just focus on working with nice and trustable people instead. And yeah, always also planning for um, the scenario that it could happen that I fuck up or a client um, makes a decision that you didn't plan for. Um, so, but that it still does not hurt your business too much or anything, but, uh, yeah, how this would look like in reality, it's still, um, different, difficult to say, like I had a few, no, I think one or two cases in the beginning of my career that were tricky, um, where in the end, um, I just paid back the, um, down payment the client made and just thought, okay, um, because yeah, from the first time this happens, I know how um, uh, time-consuming and energy-draining it can be if someone, if if you get into this conflict situation with with a with a client, especially when um, lawyers get involved or anything. So um, I think in many cases it's also just fair to say, okay, let's wrap this project up here. You get your uh, money back, and I can completely focus my full attention on doing my next great project um yeah that's just something that comes to mind but i'm curious to uh to hear okay no that wouldn't help me probably because the law in germany is different but to hear <laughs> from uh, uh good lawyers specialized on helping uh freelancers that yeah um maybe even in, in the field of, of, of web design 
And I think once one got the setup correctly, you don't have to worry about it anymore that much, right? Because you have the template that you can reuse it for all your projects. Uh, so yeah, maybe something I should consider. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were a couple of things in there that I thought were pretty helpful. One was um, not guaranteeing uh, certain SEO results. Um, that was one thing. And then the other thing, um, they, uh, she um, referred to it as like the Disney clause. And it was um, like, if your client um, gives you assets that are they don't have the rights to, um, that you're not um, in any way responsible for, which I thought is a really good idea. And we call it the Disney clause because Disney is the company that's most likely to sue over that. Mm. <laughs> So I, I can uh, I can actually yeah, uh, share this this template with you uh, in case you work with uh, people in my country and want to uh, know about our laws and stuff like that. Yeah, so sounds good. I mean, just in general, to see what what they speak about, what topics they cover, would be uh, interesting to to read. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, also, to add to the. Uh, point that you mentioned regarding content. Uh, I think you're completely right. Uh, if I knew like how much of an accelerator it could be to be out there, be visible uh, online on networks, different platforms, I would have started probably already in high school or at least during my um, studies because um, yeah, people get to know you already, know who you are, what you do um what your skills are and um yeah and, and and this can help i think to um yeah also in a way attract the right kind of clients that are fit for for your business and of course the earlier you start or um the, the easier it, it can be for you to find your first clients um that's 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 another important point i think for me um like in the beginning of my freelancing i i was nowhere uh, in terms of uh, marketing or social media platforms and then it took me like a half a year or something to generate generate sounds sounds a bit weird but yeah to <laughs> have um yeah to, to generate uh, clients based on the marketing strategy that i was uh, following and those were the, the best clients the most interesting projects and where everything just yeah worked out very well, um, and by best clients I don't mean that that um, that the specific person behind the client, but just in terms of how a business or a client fits to the problem you are solving or to to your business, it just it's just a, a, a better fit because you you sort of target as well. Like for example, I specialized in working with tech startups and by doing marketing i can speak to founders of tech startups and not get the request from um, uh, a business in an industry i cannot relate to um, at all and um, yeah so so i think that's that's a really good point and we actually learned this at at uh, university they told us in our first year like especially because i was studying a a, a subject or was participating in a program where it's difficult for people or companies to understand what we're actually doing. So I studied creative technology where we did uh, a bunch of different things like from UX design to um, programming to electrical engineering, like we covered so many fields and it was difficult to understand, okay, what is this person now exactly doing? How can he help or she help me in, in my business? And um, so they told us like, um, 
build your own portfolio website. And we had a course just in the, in the first year, in the first semester for building a uh, website where we can show off our work so that companies see what we are capable of, of, of doing. And um, yes, it's great to have your portfolio website out there, but it, it doesn't help you in any way if nobody sees this website. Mm. I mean, you can link to it to um, um, in, in, in your um, in your CV and, and in your resume when you apply for a job or, or, or show it during a job interview. But um, if you're freelancing and you try to reach out to um, many businesses, then the, then the website with portfolio items alone doesn't, doesn't really help you. And, um, and I think that's, that's the big difference between, yeah, just uh, having content, but then um, having content where it can actually be seen. And when it gets seen, <laughs> uh, yeah, it can, it can really help you um, with, your, with your career. I think that um, I remember people that I went to school with and I saw them as um, really talented and really um, like their projects were really good. When they were in person, they, I thought communicated really well. Um, and then when it came to actually trying to show what they did to an employer or in an interview or something like that, or to a client, um, they, something was missing and it was like, it was hard for them to show on a website if they were using like Squarespace or something like that, or uh, to, to actually communicate it. And there was a part of me that said, oh, I think that, that that person would probably look at your work so different if they were just in the room with us when you presented it, because everybody thought it was so cool, but um, that last step was missing for them. And uh, that, that was the thing that um, it is so much uh, better when you uh, spend a lot of time making websites. That last step, I think, is what all of Webflow does <laughs> for so many businesses around the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, I wanted to, to add one more thing to, to the list yeah. of uh, things that, that you mentioned regarding the difference from coming from high school or college or university, going into the real world or into the business world. And um, for me personally, what I noticed is that um, school really helped me to understand what I really like and what I don't like. So it, it gave me like a path or, or I developed a path or a direction by going to um, yeah, particularly uh, university, but it didn't train me um, for the skills that I'm going to require um, when actually being on the job. And I think that's the same for working on in a company or uh, having your your own company or being a freelancer and um so that yeah the actual skills that you need in the real world are different because the skills uh that are required change so fast and also the tools that, that you're using uh change and yeah it's just also different like doing practical projects or or theory in uh, at school or do it in the real world for, for a client. So um, I think one thing that's really important to prepare is, um, or that's, that could be a great way to prepare for, for the 
uh, real world, uh, real business world sort of, um, <laughs> or for, for the career is, um, yeah, similar to, to your approach, just test things like invent clients and build a website for them and, and see what, what tools you are going to require, what skills you will have to learn. And, um, I think, uh, if, if we are being honest, um, it doesn't take that much to learn one specific skill that's valuable to a business. So, um, if one suddenly decides, okay, um, now maybe at the point where they are, they've completed their, um, um, school, um, when they then decide, okay, I want to be a freelancer for this and that reason, I think it's possible to develop a skill, um, in order to run or start freelancing within a few months, maybe three months or, or six months, just using the time to work, uh, 24 7 on developing this skill and then then you're ready then you have something that that you can offer to businesses and that can help you um yeah make a living one of my uh favorite joe krug quotes of all time um and there's there's a bunch to choose from my favorite one is uh if you want to make if you want to i think it's if you want to be chosen for $10,000 websites, you have to already have made a $10,000 website. And so he's talking about like people who are starting out and things like that. And uh, he's saying like, Hey, if, if you want to be chosen for this kind of stuff, you have to go and prove that, that you can do it. And so you're not going to be chosen out of the blue just based on your smile <laughs> like mm. you got to be able to um make these mock projects and uh show that you have these animation skills or show that you have these design skills and that really right. helped me a lot um and i remember talking to him about that and uh yeah what, what you're saying now um d taking time uh to develop the skill and with with no other distractions is is kind of hard um, and I know people uh, along their Webflow journey that they uh, moved uh, in with their parents and, and dedicated this time where they didn't have like a part-time job that was distracting them. They didn't have school that was distracting them or anything like that. And um, I'm really excited to tell you that I have this little plan for myself. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been working, um, I think I, I told you when I, when I first started this job, I've been working in an insurance company as a UX designer, um, nine to five. And, uh, I was coming up on a year working there and, uh, I was talking with my boss and I said, Hey, is there any way for me to be part-time so that I could have two days of the week where I just work on Webflow stuff? And he thought about it for a little bit and he said, you know what? Okay. <laughs> like, we'll give it to you. Yeah. If you, if you want to work three days a week and then two days a week, you can do freelancing or webflow stuff go for it if that's what you really like and i thought about it I'm like, oh this is amazing mm -hmm. <laughs> so this ability to work on all of these um to, to workshop that whole process that i was telling you about to make all of these clonables and, and things like that um i'm excited about it and so we'll see we'll see how it goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's an interesting way of um either transitioning, like only working part-time and then um, yeah, having some sort of stability. Um, and But I could also imagine that for many people, this could be a nice long-term solution. Like 
being with one company and staying with that company, but yeah. uh, not for a full week, but maybe four days or, or three days, and then having more time to work either on your side projects or um, doing some yeah freelancing uh, on the side. Um, I, I heard about this thing, which I never really thought about, um, but another freelance friend told me about, um, yeah, from not, because that's, that's how I, for example, work. I usually go from project to project. Sometimes there are one, uh, sometimes there are two or three projects simultaneously, depending on, on the scope and on timelines and so on. Um, but, um, he considered like, um, even though he's a, a freelancer, um, having a fixed amount of time that he always spends with one company per week. So it's sort of being employed and <laughs> having like a stable team and probably also sort of a, yeah, a stable income, income stream, like, like your salary. And, um, but then doing smaller projects, uh, still on, on the side. That almost sounds like, uh, I don't know. That almost sounds like agency life, but just like a weird alternative version of that. And weird in like the best way I could say that, like uh, unique. That's what I meant. Like, I, yeah. can you imagine uh, working at an agency and you might have a bunch of different clients and then, but you're actually in person with them? Like that's, I don't know, there's something that's really cool about that. I was, I was listening to somebody the other day talk about, um, he uh, worked as a consultant um, and he said that uh, he, he was like a UX consultant and um, he never really had an office within his consultancy firm. Um, he was part of a bigger company, but he never worked in their office. Instead, he would just work um, in the client's office for maybe like six months at a time. And then he would go work somewhere else. And I remember listening to him say that. I was like, oh, that's so interesting to mm -hmm. actually be immersed in it and be with all the people all the time. That's um, obviously that was life pre-COVID. But um, I thought that was a really interesting way to go about work. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could imagine that this is also how it often works for um classical yeah con consulting businesses and in general even the big ones um that I, i'm not in this industry but that's what i heard and, and read that um when you have a project or a client you are actually at the client's business right for for a few weeks or or even months and it could be like going to a country that you never visited and um, <laughs> living there and at a hotel and being at this company and then figuring out what's what's going on in this company or even uh, what's 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 going wrong and um, usually I think that also involves making business decisions right because as a consultant you get hired to figure out uh, what's what's going wrong and in the end uh, they could say um, yeah well this is going wrong and you have to fire these and these uh, people um, yeah so it's probably yeah I would imagine it's a, it's it's not for everyone like it could be a difficult job to move locations to work with different people and then also being the person that comes from the outside telling them in the inside like in the company who are working there for many many years what <laughs> what they are doing wrong or what's 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 going wrong in the business i could imagine that being like the most intense imposter syndrome of like <laughs> <laughs> i'm coming to your business 
And I'm going to tell you, you need to restructure, even though I've been here for two months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the level of confidence you probably also need in order to be, um, so, or that you need to show in order to, yeah, that make you trustworthy. <laughs> because there will be so many people uh, fighting, fighting back, probably. No, it's, it's not true what you're saying. My department did so and so. <laughs> Yeah, you need the facts. <laughs> then. But um, I don't know. I I, I mean, we're talking about uh, going in different places and and traveling to the client and and spending time in person and things like that. Um, but even even like doing this podcast and and uh, uh, talking with people every week, um, I don't really think I have that problem of uh, feeling that. I'm missing something by not being in person with anybody um, because at the moment I'm kind of in this weird state. Um, maybe you have this too, but um, based on the timing of uh, where I was in life when, when COVID hit, um, I was halfway through college. <laughs> um, and so my last two years of college were completely online. And then my first job outside of college, they, shipped me a laptop and so i've never met anybody in person uh every client that i've ever worked with um has been online i don't think I, I was ever physically with anybody so i feel like there's a part of me that i don't even know what i'm missing out on because i was never exposed to it um and now i'm kind of looking at my life moving from here and thinking okay well if i can work pretty well online like where does that mean for me to to live where does that mean for me to travel what if i want to w go outside of the us for a month or something like that like what is what would that life be like where i could work from my computer and just be in other countries for a month it's i don't know i think it's really interesting so what what comes to mind when i i tell you about this like weird lifestyle that i have <laughs> yeah i mean it's um probably not common for most people to um yeah being able to do their job from from their computer and as a result often working from home um for me this usually means i'm alone at home during the day and the only social contact so to say that i have this <laughs> uh yeah texting on telegram or, or having the um um meetings of course the online meetings yeah. um i feel comfortable with this um i i actually enjoy um not always being surrounded by people when doing my work on the computer um i think it's like for the type of work that we are doing it's it's very beneficial actually to not constantly being distracted and um yeah also having some flexibility in terms of when to work um, when it comes to locations like where you work i mean you it's it's your it's your choice right to be in in your home office so and um, once the feeling arises that you are missing out on being around people while you're doing work or anything you, um, it's still possible to to work in a co-working space i think um, I even had clients inviting me um, to their business to um, to work from there if I want to get out now and then. Oh, that's uh, so nice. Yeah, it's, it's really kind, right? Um, they, they have the space and 
Um, I think it maybe sometimes it could also contribute to the um, collaboration. Uh, but yeah, for now I'm happy the way it's it's uh, yeah for for how I'm being set up now. And I sometimes consider, of course, traveling and uh, working from somewhere else. Um, I mean, I did a, quite a lot of traveling in my earlier twenties, and <laughs> uh, maybe this is one of the reasons I'm not so excited about it and maybe another reason is that i really like to have my big setup here with a mic and a big screen and so on and um but yeah it's uh it's nice to have this flexibility but also what i think is also true is that um and um this yeah someone said to me it's like the, the, this phrase the the grass is always greener on the other <laughs> side right and then you have to desire to move and it would be nice to work from there and then you're there and it's actually nice for a few days but then it's it's becoming normal and a few months or years later you plan to move to the next location and, and so on um so there might be some uh, tiny truth to this i think uh even though i really enjoy traveling um yeah, but um, and yeah, what's what's also interesting is um, um, talking about this uh, where where to live and, and where to work is um, now COVID is sort of <laughs> over for now. Um, I noticed that um, yeah, I really work hundred percent remote, and it's not necessary to live in the same city as my clients. It's not necessary to meet them uh, personally in their office. And it's not even common anymore because I think um, it sort of got normalized to have more online meetings. Mm -hmm. um, there is no reason for me from a business perspective anymore to live here in Hamburg in the city. Mm. And I could move back to my hometown, to the countryside where there's more nature, where there's the family and um, still some friends moving there or maybe moving back there when they finish their, their studies or anything. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I enjoy it here in the city. Um, I, I don't feel like I'm. Uh, I don't feel like I'm missing out or anything. So, um, yeah, I don't feel like moving right now. But um, it's nice to know that this is possible in, in in the future to keep your job, but being able to move to another place. It's it's really um, it's no matter what choice you make, it'll be your choice, which is really nice. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there will be pros and cons for all the, the choices that you make. And get and, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a nice flexibility. I uh, when you say when, when we talk about this, um, it I start thinking about like the talent pool out there for for what you do. Um, and uh, before when it really mattered where you lived and everything like that, um, I feel like. It was like, do we know this person? Do we like them? Um, are they good at their job? Yeah, those are like the three things that everybody looks at when they look to hire somebody. Um, but I think that um, do we know them and are they good at their job um, would come second eventually to do we like them? Um, because I feel like after a certain point um, when there are so many people that are out there that can work remotely, like maybe on one project, it's you, maybe it's another guy from Greece, maybe it's an American girl, and you mm -hmm. have a lot of the same um, uh, skill set. I feel like at some point it's going to be like, 
is this guy a nice guy? <laughs> Are we going to want to uh, um, work with him? Um, and everybody has their own style and everybody has uh, different skill sets. But um, I feel like that would work out well for you because you are a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely interesting. Do you think that there's going to be a little bit of a shift in that of do we like working with this person? Are they on time? Um, uh, do they work well with the way that we work? Um, yeah, I, th I think there is. And first of all, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think trust is becoming more important because you're not in the same room with the person that you don't see what they're doing, if they're doing their work on time, if they're communicating well, if they are maybe just bad people. Um, so and and could harm the business without you seeing it. So I think um, trust is becoming more important. Like when you, I think earlier it was more difficult to um, do harm to a business without anyone noticing because the job is more basic. Like let's say for example you stand on the on the line in a, in a fabric and you just have a very basic task, like I don't know manufacturing, like putting things together, just just a very simple task. Um, um, there would someone be supervising you and, and, and see it immediately and, and replace you. But as things become more complex and people are in different locations and it's different to monitor and nobody wants to monitor everyone every time. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, tr trust is yeah even more important. And um, only after that comes uh, the skill. And um, if you have so many options out there, of course, you want to choose the person you can first trust and also the one that is uh, friendly and that maybe has the same values and that you sort of uh, can connect with or um, resonate with. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's that's definitely true. Uh, what's also true, I think, is that while having all those opportunities and choosing talent from all over the world for your projects, that could be a web design project or whatever it is, um, I think there's also more uh, competition, right? Because you can't, you, you don't just have to choose the professional from your own town, but you can choose anyone from, from anywhere in the world. And I actually had the scenario where, um, for example, I did not get a job because the client uh, preferred to work uh, from someone else uh, who was living on the other side of the world and uh, probably also way cheaper than, than <laughs> me. And mm -hmm. I don't know about the skill level. I don't know about how the communication works because they were different. They were in different time zones and so on. And I don't know if the client will maybe someday come back to me and say, it was a mistake that we didn't decide for you. Mm -hmm. um, but what I do know is uh, that um, at this scenario, I lost the client um, to someone else, which maybe would not have happened in this way like 50 years ago, where yeah. I do like a handcrafting job uh, in my local town. And there are just a few people with this specific skill. And um, I'm still not really worried about it because I think as long as, yeah, as, as uh, there are a few things that, that you take care of, like when, when you have good values, you're trustworthy, you're fun to work with, and of course do great work, um, then you will be fine. But there is still more competition. And yeah, and therefore it just always leads me back to the point where think it's it's so important to to specialize in a specific thing because then um yeah you avoid having a large pool of competitors because you do this very specific thing that not so many people are doing and a company is looking someone for exactly this specific 
problem or or skill. And you start to gain so much uh, um, industry knowledge, right? I'm I'm sure that there's so much that you know about tech startups that um, I don't. <laughs> yeah, so right. You, I mean, you can have conversations with them about it. Yeah. It it feels more yeah it, it's more it's easier for me to relate like when they um yeah like when, when they're at a certain stage like when I want to speak to um investors or what's the role for their business websites the tools that I are usually using um doing more of the same thing in the same industry helps you learn and 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 relate more and um yeah so I think in a business context this 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 can help um. Yeah, I, I like being like a generalist and overall in life, but um, <laughs> try to um, specialize in a thing um, when it comes to business, and also when I feel that this is uh, this also feels authentic because it doesn't make sense to um, specialize in one thing, but not really uh, in, enjoying this environment or this types of work um, uh, it is it is leading to. So yeah, this is really something everyone probably has to decide oneself and you know, it's not, not right for everyone maybe. I'm sure that um, uh, the experience that you would have with the personal personality that you have, the interest that you have naturally um, working on a tech startup um, would probably be very different than maybe like making a website for a florist or something like that. Just not yeah. good or bad, just very different. Yeah. And and the reason I'm uh, I'm specializing is not, yeah, only because uh, I, I think it can be helpful for some people and some scenarios for uh, <laughs> their own free, freelancing business, but um, also because I'm interested in technology, right? So I I enjoy being um, in in this um, startup ecosystem, sort of see what's going on, what. Um, new businesses out there, what founders are doing in, in, in the city here. And um, yeah, it's, it, yeah, I just it didn't, it, it doesn't feel, and, and I think that's that's the important part that I um, con constrain myself or that I narrow my view and miss out on, on something by, by um, having, having this focus. I think that what you were talking about with um, uh, more competition and, and more, more, uh, more people in the talent pool. Um, it, it seems to me like, um, like an enhancement of the situation where you have even higher highs and even lower lows, like in higher, a higher high would be maybe like someone on the other side of the world, um, is choosing you, um, over the people that are in their area, which mm -hmm. I feel like would feel pretty good. Like not only yeah. am I really cool, but, people on the other side of the world think that I'm really cool too. And then you have the low lows of, oh no, <laughs> this project I was so excited about didn't happen because that, that same situation happened and I'm on the other end of it. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think that, um, that it's, it's really neat. Um, and oh, I was going somewhere with this. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I just think that the, the whole situation is just, um, kind of enhanced and uh i don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing i don't think that you think it's a bad thing either <laughs> i don't yeah yeah it's uh, i mean when you're in the situation you think oh okay this is scary this might be a bad thing for me 
but as you said the other person who got the job maybe uh, it's like it was like a big opportunity for them um yeah. and it helps them a lot or even they maybe they're even better at solving the problem for the client so it's great for the client and um yeah so the world <laughs> is really complex and but i think overall it's it's yeah it's a it's a good thing in order to yeah help us sort of um advance <laughs> <laughs> the the thing that i was going to say i just remembered um so like there's obviously the element of um uh um having a a niche or having a, a, a interest in the types of work that you do and i feel like that's one element um that's kind of a niche uh that makes you unique but i think another thing that um especially since um uh your personality and whether you connect well with someone um, I think that's kind of like almost at the same level um, where you know how like sometimes you walk into a room and or you're at a, a party and you start talking with somebody and you almost have like this this instant connection is because that person you're like one of their three personalities that they really mm -hmm. mesh well with mm -hmm. and so I feel like having more content online or or having more time of you talking and people kind of test driving your personality i guess by watching mm -hmm. your youtube videos or listening to you talk on a podcast or something like that i think that eventually might get to the same level of not only is he interested in me but i mesh well with him he's one of like my favorite personalities to mm -hmm. talk with so i think that they might be two things that are kind of at the same level at some point mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so um so yeah who knows maybe somebody's listening to this and like oh he reminds me of a lot of my friends i think we would get <laughs> along i think i should reach out to him <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so um we're we're getting close to to wrapping up um and it's kind of crazy how fast the time will go sometimes when i'm hanging out with friends um <laughs> but we, we talked about like the past year and we talked about work and kind of how everything's kind of been crazy in the last year or so. Um, but uh, when you kind of look forward to the next couple months or um, maybe like the next couple years for yourself, is there anything that you're really excited about or anything that you kind of hope might happen, whether it's work or personal life? One thing I'm looking forward to, I'd say, if I finally manage to do so, is to actually work less. Like I um, keep uh, falling into this. No, it's, it's not a trap. Like it's it's my own standard that I've set lower um, by actually adding, um, doing more work that 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 I want. Like. Um, I take on too many projects, I feel like, or I used to take on too many projects. And um, sometimes also did it for <laughs> less money that I should, uh, or that, that I actually wanted to charge for a project. And then you end up in this weird situation. So first you um, do, you have too much to do, like there's just too much work to do and you don't have free time. And second, you're doing to, uh, you're doing your work for um, less than you actually value your time, right? Because you you decided you, you sold for a lower price. 
Um, yeah, this, this happened to me less often. It's more, I think, in generally the problem that I took on too much work. And what I'm looking forward to is actually to um, have the confidence now that it's um, yeah fine to not always book all the time that you have and have a bit more few time, uh, a, a bit more free time, and um, um, yeah, yeah, just just having free time. So not working that much anymore because the past few months um, I did a lot of those um, had a lot of those phases where. I worked uh, at nights and uh, also the weekends, and which was fine. I, I chose to do so, but mm -hmm. I think for the other half of the year, I would like to really slow it down. Um, only work with one specific client for a longer period of time, and um, yeah, but also choose timelines that give me more free time and more flexibility, uh, also to yeah learn new things or start new side projects and and so on so a little bit more time for you in in life <laughs> yeah, and having yeah. more uh um less but more meaningful projects i'm guessing um i don't know if the yeah, word meaningful I, is, is wrong just like uh um maybe like i don't know what what would be the word that you would use for? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. So uh, I think it's not meaningful, but um, yeah, I think simply less client work and more hundred percent creative work. Like mm. that's not um, being dependent on a external party, so to say, or with the purpose to necessarily solve a business problem, but simply doing it for the, the fun of it. <laughs> yeah yeah that that sounds that sounds right and and uh more um hikes and more walks and more uh um uh friend time <laughs> exactly yeah spending more time time with friends more more time in uh, nature instead of the desk um i don't regret uh like how i did it the past few uh, weeks or months by working a lot but um yeah, I think it's it's a nice balance to have a few months where you really, um, uh, yeah, focus on on your work and um, that then also being able to to relax for a longer period of time and taking everything not too so so fast. Uh, yeah, well, what is it for you? <laughs> oh, my goals for uh, for the future. Mm -hmm. Oh, what you look um, forward to? I'm really excited about going part time in in next week i go part-time next week so i'm really excited about that i've been looking forward to it for a while um i i really want to make these clonables where um i can do like a client project without waiting for the content for a really long time just like to to fix that that way that i feel like i kind of overwhelm clients by asking them for all of this content and they're not copywriters so mm -hmm. having a a relationship with a client where it's um I don't feel guilty overwhelming them. I feel like just feeling feeling good about that interaction. That's, that's something I'm looking forward to. It. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good point. I, I have uh, <laughs> projects with um, the same situation. Like it's it's always, yeah, content is always the thing that can hold things back. And then it's, um, yeah, it's interesting to look for solutions to, to make this 
process uh, better or the experience better also for the client if it happens that they can't, for example, deliver on time. I feel like it's easier for them to answer questions than to hand over a, a Google Doc with beautifully mm. written content. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point, for example, right? And, and, and I think that's also how copywriters work, right? Like professional copywriters, they ask a lot of questions. Then they also do research and um, create the content for the client. So the client has only to look over it, uh, edit it, improve it. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I, I didn't want to interrupt you. What else was there? The the last thing is um, I'm, I'm really, really, really excited about the month of September. Um, so September, I am going to, uh, I, unfortunately, my, my boyfriend can't leave the U.S. because of uh, his visa and he just started a new job. So it's not really a good time for him to travel. Um, but his parents invited me to go visit in uh, Belgrade. So I'm actually going to... Uh, go to Europe for a full month and work nice. from there. So okay. you plan Monday, to through, yeah. So like Monday through Wednesday, I'll be working American time. So I'll be working uh, 3 PM to 11 PM, um, which is manageable. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, the rest of the time I have plans to actually visit um, uh, for about a week or so um, the place in Italy that my family is from. So uh, they're from uh, Palermo and my great grandmother lived there. And so I'm very excited. And apparently there are street signs with my last name. So I might be able to find that. It's <laughs> <That's> really nice. <laughs> so um, I hope that the next time you and I um, uh, meet, I can uh, tell you that my clonables are going really well. Content mm. is awesome. And I'll have a picture of myself with a sign that says Giordano. <laughs> <laughs> and then for yeah. you, uh, maybe you're working four days a week and um, maybe you have all of this really cool um, side projects to tell me about. I think that that would be a really good way for us to do this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for, for the next round. <laughs> So um, the way that I book in the podcast, you know, um, uh, uh, if somebody's really interested in you and they're like, oh, my gosh, maybe he doesn't have time right now, but I want to get on his waiting list to potentially work on a project with him when he has free time. Um, I'm a tech startup and I really like his personality. Um, so what would be the best way for somebody to reach out to you? Uh, yeah, so when interested in working for, with me on a web design or webflow development project i think the best way is my website tinascordes.com and um, for other freelance designers who want to um, connect or share ideas or um, yeah just like to have a conversation uh, i think twitter twitter is the best place um, there i like to uh, i started to hang out more often this year <laughs> and um yeah, that's that's the place where I have more like casual con conversations. <laughs> I I did really like your your Twitter thread of, of working on a project and then tweeting about it as you go through <laughs> the different stages. So, um, if I can put in any requests as like a Twitter follower, um, I would like more of those. Those are very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might do that someday. <laughs> nice to hear. I wasn't really sure if, if uh, people would care when starting this thread. But, uh, <laughs> I noticed, yeah, the, um, people enjoyed it and there seemed to be some, some value in it. So, <laughs> yeah. 
might be and, more uh, authentic in the future. And if uh, if for any reason that a Germany time zone doesn't work for you, and uh, maybe you just like American accents and you want to hang out with me uh, and, and work on projects with me, um, you can either listen to the podcast here. Um, I also have a little uh, podcast called uh, uh, Emily's Super Secret Podcast, which is just me ranting about random things. Mm -hmm. um, so that exists. Um, but yeah, uh, em uh, greatdesignlead.com is my website. And then my email is emily at greatdesignlead.com. <laughs> and uh, this has been a great way for me to start my day. Um, I'm about to log into work. And uh, this is just goodbye until next time. And hopefully we both have fun stories for each other. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye.